Oh, he's not only gone and done it again. Yes, I did. I got the episode number wrong again. So do not listen to what that fool says in about 30 seconds. This really is episode eight. Well, welcome back, everyone, to episode 10. Hey. <laughs> episode 10 of Secret of Castro Negro. I will not do a long recap because, well, we don't need one because, well, not, not a great deal happened in the last episode, but it was certainly a lot of fun. Joe said that uh, he hasn't cried as much during an episode since Master Niall Athotep, and I don't think it was tears of, of sorrow. I think it was it was that pushed role by Dr. Bastian Fleischmann as he tried to introduce uh, some sedative into the backside of local law enforcement. <laughs> yes, essentially, Constable Fred Garcia had been called to come and, well, sort things out because Juan Herrera, the hotel owner, was a bit concerned that the group were going to go up and, well, cause a lot of trouble up at the Casa del Diaz. Casa de Diaz, after ascertaining that was where the stray bullets had come from that had shattered the window of one of their bedrooms. And, well, Harlan and Gilbert and Jesse had made a quick exit out of the rear window, and where they went to we will find out in this episode. But, more importantly, Dr. Fleischmann and Lionel Fish, well, led, tried to lead Constable Garcia on a merry dance with talks of international political incidents and lawyers getting involved. Lionel Fish apparently is now a lawyer. But Fred Garcia was very suspicious and wanted to examine the scene of the incident and also to search their rooms. And that was the point at which Dr. Fleischmann attempted to hypodermicize him in the buttocks, failed terribly, failed miserably, stumbled over him and ended up only injecting the bromide into his own thigh. Fred Garcia didn't take too kindly to this, elbowed him in the face, knocking out his two front teeth. And we ended the episode with Dr. Fleischmann being being propped up in a chair and Mr. Fish being assured by the sweaty and now um, extremely volatile and angry Fred Garcia that his companion is still breathing. But for how long? I guess we'll find out. And we will actually rejoin the action with our with our three absconders out the back, having perhaps glimpsed their companions going out to delay the constable. Shatterhand and the other horse are there in the in the back uh, courtyard area of the hotel. But yeah, you you have you have the opportunity to get away from the constable unseen. So tell me what you're doing. I'm going to name the horse because I didn't. If I named it last time, I should name it differently this time. And every episode that we ever do, I'm going to name it differently. Because I'll never remember. I'm going to call it Sally. The horse is called Sally. Hey, Gray. Gray, do you ride? Uh, I'll be honest, not very well. No. Then hold on tight. And I push him up onto Sally. Oh, God. <laughs> right. So we're, we're headed to where that, uh... I slide him behind. That statue was pointing, yeah? Yeah, Jesse, you're good with that. You know the way, right? Yeah, follow me. And I, I think I set off at a pace. Okay, so you set off, and ironically, you emerge out of the alleyway onto Garcia Way. Whether this was named after the constable, I very much doubt it, but perhaps perhaps that's where the police station is. <laughs> that, that would be uh, very on the nose, wouldn't it, for, to have the police station on the street that is named after your family. But you head out of town to the in a westerly direction to keep out of the main downtown area, the, the square where the policeman has parked his car. And then you ride off through the scrub towards the low hills in the southwest this is actually in in 
the opposite direction of the Casa de Diaz. That their shot came from the north. The shot came from the north, which is where the Casa de Diaz is. And you're heading towards a thickly wooded area where this strange statue was pointing. Great. And a little bit of time passes. Perhaps you're riding for half an hour or so. I won't make anyone make a, a ride roll, I think, at this point. I'm happy to. It would be too unfair. But I will let... As I didn't let you at the beginning of the last episode, I will let everyone make a luck refresh. I think some of you might need, need it, depending on how things go. So everyone can make a luck roll. And if you fail, though you want to fail, you get a d10. Well, Fish is a very lucky man already, isn't he? So if you spent no luck, Andy, you don't refresh, do you? Uh, no, you, you, you can. You can, you, you can. can. Nice. Okay, well, I guess the chances are. So, Fleischman, yes, I think you, you definitely need some luck. Wow. Jesse, even with your 75, you're going to... You're all actually very lucky, I've just realised. Yeah. Perhaps I shouldn't have given you that luck. Anyway, it's all good. So, Dom and Dan and you both get a D10. Great. Yeah. And you head into the low hills, and the landscape changes from scrub, desert, into a sort of thickly forested area. It's, I imagine, I wonder what the forests of New Mexico are. I imagine it's probably a pine forest, and the, the heady smell of, of pine enters your nostrils, and the horses uh, slow down a bit as you go, start going through uh, thicker undergrowth. There are some paths perhaps made by local wildlife, but it's pretty rough going as, as you head up into the hills. And then you do emerge out of a out of a patch of brambles, and you find a path actually heading up towards where where this statue was pointing. And a few minutes later, the forest, the dappled sunlight coming through the trees, makes way to a more bright light up ahead, and you can see that there's a clearing. Uh, I'd like to uh, s- slow down, obviously, and sort of uh, say over my shoulder to the the other two. Uh, now, remember, whatever this statue was, it wasn't Christian. It was some occult stuff. Something's up anyway, so just keep your eyes peeled, yeah? There might be all sort of weirdos up here in the hills. Let's just hope that those two fellas back there are creating enough of a distraction. Yeah. Your friend, Gray, he looks like he can uh, spin a yarn from what he did back in the uh, police station at Silver City. He could certainly spin a yarn, that's for sure. Yeah. Who knows what those two are getting up to. And I assume... That Jesse is is in the lead position on Shatterhand. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Okay. So as you come out towards the clearing, I'll let you make a spot hidden roll. Okay, dokie. Yep. Ooh. No. Oh dear. Oh. No, no, no. That's a shame. Can you push it by doing some of your stunt writing? I mean, yes, you can, you can push the roll. I mean, you, you did tell me you were being quite careful, and uh, as you as you yeah. approach this clearing, so yeah. I can only push it with. Uh... Mm, 40. Mm, it's not great, is it? It's not the best. My track's far better, than it, but it's not track, is it? No. Right. I mean, we are right behind you. We, you could slow up and we could... Yeah, I don't know that I do push it. You, you don't have to go the, the doorward method. You don't have to take the doorward method of pushing every roll. But we've been influenced. We've been influenced. Tempting as it is. We learn from the best. So if you want to let that fail, I will then ask you to make a luck roll. Given that you've just improved your luck, this could be... Oh, yeah, I didn't roll... How do I roll to improve the luck? Because I didn't roll a d10. Oh, just roll a d10. What? Uh, where's the thing for that? Isn't the Dorwood method to roll Cthulhu Mythos as a pushed roll every time? Oh, yes. I'll push it. 
Nine percent chance. I'll push oh, it. Oh, I failed my spot hidden. I'll roll Cthulhu Mythos. <laughs> I'll push it with Cthulhu Mythos. What? You just use the dice roller, or yes, on... oh, <laughs> one. Okay. Well, your luck is set. okay. So make a luck roll. Your luck is currently seventy-six. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Grand. I honestly really hope you make this. <laughs> yes, as do I. As do I. It's, it's sentimental for sentimental reasons. Right. This is tense. This is very tense. It's keeping us in suspense. Two 95s in a row. Oh, you're kidding. 95 on a 75. That's a shocker. I mean, your luck is now 76, but it doesn't make any difference. No. So you didn't see it. As you come out onto the path, you suddenly hear this crack underneath you, and Shatterhand has trodden on a bear trap. (gasps) Oh, fuck. No! I gave you so many rolls there to avoid it. I know, I know, I know. It's the best story, guys. We all know it's the best story. Yeah, and Shatterhand lets out this terrible, high-pitched screaming noise, almost whinnying, screaming. And, and you look down and you see with horror that her left foreleg is caught in the vicious teeth of a bear trap. And Ooh, I think I, uh, I jump off and I'm trying to, like, comfort. But I know, I know immediately in that inst- instant that he's... I've got to do the right thing here. Well, there's a chance. We, we, need, we need to get him to a vet, dude. Sorry, there's a chance here. We, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. From my experience raising horses... I mean, I don't know. What is my experience? Because I know with racehorses, as soon as they break a leg... Well, here's the deal. I, need, I still need to roll the damage. So depends on whether this is a major wound or not. If it's a major wound, then yeah, it's a broken leg. Yeah, let's see, let's see. That scream, in the meantime, surely Andy has set my horse off, so that's a ride roll for me, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's no way my horse is going to stay calm in, in the face of a screaming whinny. So it's a D8 damage, and I would say if it's a 7 or 8, it's a major wound. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, I've realised I've got GM roll on. I only rolled a 3. So just these terrible thoughts go through your head, Jesse, as, as you jump down. And then you, you kneel down quickly and she's struggling to kind of get away. She's, you know, she, she doesn't understand what's happening. I'm trying to calm him and sort of saying, uh, hey, 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 boy, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And like, but I, I want to try and get down to it before he potentially does any more damage by panicking. And I want to see if I can get it open. And you look down, and although, although blood is streaming down his, his foreleg, you look and you can tell that immediately, you can tell it's only kind of bitten into the, into the flesh. He, he's a strong horse, and the bone seems to be intact, and, and relief just floods through you. Jesse, let me take a look. Thank God for your muscular calves. Well, actually, Gilbert Gray, aren't you on the back of Harlan's horse? Yeah. Easy there, Gray, don't make any sudden moves. Whoa there, whoa there! And, yeah, the Sally lets out a cry and a whinny of panic and yeah you're gonna have to make a ride roll both of us or just harlan <laughs> no just harlan because <laughs> you, you're not in control i mean you might have to make a dexterity roll but let's see it's all right dan i've got 33 percent yeah yeah ride sally ride wow hey <laughs> well someone's rolling well today i bribed roll 20 that was what christmas was for yeah someone's paid for their roll 20 subscription so harlan you know the way to calm down, Sally. You're you're holding on with all your strength to the pommel, and you and you pull back on the reins, and you pull her head down to stop her from bucking. And she kind of starts off up the path, and then slows to a trot. And you've got her under control. Hey, whoa, whoa, he's there, he's there, lady, easy. Let me get off. Let me get off. Sure, sure. 
Great, get down there, have a look. I sort of slide off like shaky legs. I do that thing where actors keep wheeling the horse around because they don't really know what they're doing, but they're staying on it. <laughs> nice. And then I say, Jesse, uh, you want me to take a look? Yeah. Am I able to... Uh, was I able to leave uh, the trap open to like sort of get the leg out? So, first of all, you just grab it with your with your hands and the sharp edges are kind of slicing into the flesh on your on your fingers and you're pulling it but you're going to need something to lever it or additional help for sure yeah See, seeing him struggling I think and seeing Grey obviously ready to step in for the medical angle I uh, as soon as Sally's calmed a bit I'll try and just lash her up to the nearest pine branch and leap down but I, I can't resist as I go past Grey I say Jesus I hope it's going better for the other two and I dash over to the bear trap. Can't be going any worse. Yeah, I say. And then and then I think about Fleischmann. And I think, sure. And I hear a strange whistling. And then I focus again. Hear that wind in the trees? Fantastic. And so with, with, the, with the additional help of Gilbert and Harlan, you, you manage to slowly and carefully pull the teeth of the bear trap open and you're sweating and the, the sweat is beating on your brow as the, the thought of if, you, if your hand slipped and you let go of it my god but eventually you manage to get it open wide enough so that you can lift Shatterhand's poor damaged leg out of it and uh, there boy there boy he just hobbles off and then he just stands there in, in the way that injured animals often do they, they don't seem to really pay much attention to the injury but you can see that you, you can't ride him now at this time he, he needs treatment yeah yeah, uh, um, Teach, you got any, uh, anything disinfectant-wise, or no, any, uh, what's good pain relief for a horse? Ah, oh, God, I don't know, this is an absolute nightmare. Ketamine. Yeah, I think we need, I think we need Fleischmann here. Pretty sure the doc's got some of that, he mentioned something, yeah. If only you had some sort of drug-toting shrink. No, I, I don't have anything like that, but I can, uh, I can take a quick look, if that's useful, I mean, can I, presumably I could... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can make a, a, a first aid roll. I don't see... I mean, it's a, it's just a wound. that You you would bandage it the same way as you would bandage a, a person's wound. But without any equipment, I can't really do a medicine roll. Oh, that's true. Well, it, it would be a first aid roll initially, I think, anyway. But yeah, you would probably need... I mean, you could you could try and staunch the bleeding with cloth or something like that. My first aid is, is no better than the base. So it might be that one of the other two have got a better chance. My medicine's good, but like, as you... Yeah. Mine's dad's. not either, but I'm going to attempt it anyway, because I think I would. Easy there. Jesse, Jesse. Jesse, come on. I'll attempt it since sort of have offered. Oh. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, wow. So, well, describe with an extreme, describe what, what happens. I think I spy in the sort of the scrub of the woodland some plants. Maybe I find that. What's that plant called, Joe, that, that you can use to pack wounds? Woundwort. Is that what it's called? Woundwort. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, there you go. That's all I've got to offer. I spy some woundwort. Scott, what's that plant? Using my rudimentary biology, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is woundwort. At least I hope it is. <laughs> and pack it up and sort of pack the wound with it. And staunch the bleeding and then I and grow an extra horse's leg I tear off a strip of fabric off I think maybe Jesse offers up his shirt I don't tear my own lovely freshly creased plaid shirt tear off a bit no I think I rip my sleeve off for you and yeah. I bandage it oh yeah definitely really neatly and carefully and bandage the wound and stand back and sort of admire my work I think I've done quite a good job Jesse Brown invents the sleeveless gingham look yeah and reveals his multiple occult tattoos yeah. No, no, he doesn't. No. 
So you you pack the wound wart in, and Shatterhand is is obviously complaining pretty bitterly at, at the the sting from the substance that you're rubbing in. It's okay, boy. It's okay. He knows what he's doing. But uh, yeah, so, so Jesse is calming calming him down, and and then you wrap the sleeve around and tie it tightly. And oh, well, you've you've obviously done done a very good job there, Gilbert, because Shatterhand seems to have shrugged it off pretty well. Jesse, I, I think you're. You, you're still thinking that really you don't want to be putting any extra weight on him, but yeah, absolutely not. He looks like he could continue continue walking, but we'll need some rest. Yeah, great. You've done a bang up job here. Thanks so much. No problem. We owe you one, me and Shellahan. I, I want to tie him to the tree next to him as well, and then say, "Hey, watch the floor. Everyone, watch out. There's probably more of those things around here." Mm, good thinking. Well, I bet Fish and Fleischman are drinking tequila with the constable right now. Yeah, knowing them. I guess we go on by foot. Uh, those bastards. It's funny how the, the one character that none of us wants to die is Shatterhand. Everyone else is expendable. Yeah, absolutely. The thought of Shatterhand having to be put down by Jesse was too horrible to contemplate. No. <laughs> too horrible. Best three on a D8 for a long time for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, but perhaps in all this commotion, you didn't realise that just a f- maybe... 20, 30 yards ahead of you in this clearing is a very odd thing. It looks like a primitive obelisk, like a, something you wouldn't expect to necessarily see in, in New Mexico. Hmm. It's about 10 feet high and is crudely carved all over. There seem to be some kind of petroglyphs or hieroglyphs or, or symbols carved into it. Hmm. And here's where I love the fact that we're playing second edition Call of Cthulhu because it's asking for a successful botany role. Oh, lovely. Can I offer natural world? Yeah, natural world or a hard education role from anyone. Well, wait, wait a second, because I do know a gentleman in Boston who has botany. I'll just fly back and I'll, I'll go get him. No. Yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah, of course. Gray, what do you make of it, Gray? I don't know. Let me take a look. And I carefully make my way towards it, watching my every step. Yeah. I give my undisguised troubled look to Jesse. And I succeed my natural world role. Yeah. If a hard success would be useful, I'm more than happy to spend a little bit of luck. No, for natural world, just a regular success is fine. And you you do indeed. And as you carefully make your way towards this bizarre object, you realise that in a fairly symmetrical almost perfect circle of 20 feet around it, all the foliage that you're stepping on underfoot is all diseased. And and there's also no sign of any wildlife near this monolith. No birds can be heard singing. No insects are buzzing. Well, would you look at that? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, what was that? What would you say, Gray? I said, well, would you look at that? (laughs) You've seen these plants... Sure. Disease, dying. You ever seen anything like this? Uh, Jesse? Have I? I don't know. Gray? I don't think so. No. I mean, I say it to you both, but I'm looking at the trees and my hands on my gun. I'm I'm not even looking at the plants. Could I do a track roll to see if there's any prints or anything? Because if there's, like, bear traps and stuff, there must be a presence here. Absolutely. People must come here, yeah. I mean, anyone that's... If the others are nearby as well, you can make either a track roll or a spot-hidden roll. Cool. 
I mean, I think I'll be looking specifically for tracks just to see if anyone's been here recently. I think since I'm looking at the plants, I probably might as well do a spot hidden. I'll do a spot hidden as well, I think. No good for me. Because I trust Jesse as a tracker. That was a classic. I just looked for, I looked for my dice on the table and went, what? Oh. Goodness me. Jesse. <laughs> I think the the intensity of the moment, the the adrenaline that probably was coursing through your veins having dealt with Shatterhand's incident has, has sharpened your senses. Everything's in technicolor. <laughs> yeah, pretty close to the monolith in perhaps a one-yard, two-yard ring around it are some strange tracks. The, the soil there is loose and quite sandy, and there's, there's no plant matter at all, and you can see quite clearly the tracks. Most of them look like bare feet. And as you perhaps crouch down to get a closer look, you see, see that some of them seem to have really long toenails... In your mind's eye, you're imagining people with like really long toenails, so long they're almost curling up over the ends of the toes and digging down into the sand as they as they walk. Because there's, there's these sort of strange half moon drag marks in front of each toe. That's definitely what it is. <sighs> That's normal for bare feet, no. right? Wait, can I just check on the spelling of bear here, guys? Bear or bear? <laughs> human bare feet is what I meant. Oh no, not those human bears again. Andy, Andy, help. If it's human bears, they've probably got a club out here somewhere. Except one set of tracks are from a pair of boots with a cross imprint on the heel. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. I definitely point this out to... Uh, so it's bear and leather. To the others, I say, look at these. I don't know what sort of thing makes that sort of print. I ain't never seen anything like that before. What you talking about? I'm, I'm so busy looking at this piece of bark here. That means absolutely nothing. What? What? Oh, oh, sure. Okay, my 76 on my 60. Actually, I, I didn't ask either of you if you wanted to spend some luck on either of those rolls. Uh, no, no, no. 16, too rich for my blood. Okay, okay. But yeah, since he's done well, I'm not going to push the roll. So what's that, Jesse? Hey, hey, is that that cross? Yeah. Great. Do you remember that, that footprint we told you about? Yeah, but I don't understand why we'd see it again out here. Because I'm thinking it's a Diaz footprint, right? Yeah. Some kind of, I don't know, cockamamie conquistador shit. Yeah. If it ain't the same fellow, it's certainly a uniform of kinds. And, Jesse, given that you made an extreme track roll, as you're on your haunches examining these peculiar tracks, you see that quite a lot of the sandy soil around, apart from the footprints, some of it seems to have been disturbed perhaps quite recently. As if something has... Well, uh, not an animal, nothing specific, but it's, like, churned up, or... Hmm, uh... yeah, like, you know, some of it's slightly discoloured and piled up in a strange heaps, possibly. Like something's been buried? Didn't bring a shovel? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, yeah. Sort of reminds me slightly of the, the little piles you get outside, like the gophers... Uh, holes, their little burrows. I bend to one knee and I take out my life preserver, which is a good, you know, that's a good 12-inch. That's a 12-incher there, gents. What is a life preserver? Oh, it's uh, it's a truncheon. Oh, I see. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a truncheon. It's like, it's a weighted truncheon. A little inflatable ring. <laughs> it's like a long... Imagine a sausage, Andy. But at the end, there's a sort of heavy knob, like, widened for extra weight as you strike the brow of, of the goon you want to take down. But it's a, it's a stern piece of, of wood and rubber, and I start to dig with that. 
Okay, so you turn over some of this loose sandy soil in a couple of the areas. And I'll tell you what, just, you know what, I'll just roll. Because I'm thinking about David Lane. While you're making that roll, I'm thinking about David Lane. I'm thinking about finding David Lane's face under this sand. Because I found faces under sand before. So you dig in an area a little, maybe about six feet away. There's one kind of disturbed area of soil. And you, you dig down and you see the edge of something thin and black. Hmm. What's that? Gents, Gray, what does it look like? Uh, Why don't you have a real close look, Gray? Real close. So when you say the edge of something thin and black, does it look like a thin black edge of something that could be much bigger? Or does it look very specific, like a thin black object? No, no, it, it, it looks like a thin black object. It's edgy. It's kind of black. There's a thinness to it I don't like. It looks like a thin black edgy object blackening around the thinness of its edge well give me a minute give me a minute i'm looking at this obelisk god damn it you're the scientist okay you're looking at the obelisk that's that's fair that's fair okay i would if it's all right i mean you can come back to me i would you lose your sanity on that i'll yeah, lose, I'd like to on lose this. my sanity on the obelisk rather than on the thin edge of the wedge i'm gonna gamble and say that you might lose more <laughs> and uh, i'll keep digging i'll keep digging but now i'm a bit i'm a bit more careful hmm and you, you brush aside some more of the soil and you see what it is. It's a, a pair of broken spectacles. Mm, that is weird. Did I get a picture of Lane? I think I did, didn't I? I think I saw a picture right back at the start. I think I did, didn't I? Yes, yes. Was he wearing spectacles? Indeed he was. I close my eyes for the briefest of moments, but I'm pretty sure Jesse Brown sees it. Yeah. What do you got there, boss? I think I got bad news. Ah. Yeah, it looks like. And I just, I hand them to him and then I start to work... I mean, it's almost like I'm an archaeologist at that point. Gone are the heavy thrusts with the 12-incher. And now the delicate sweeps of just that thickened end as I sweep the sand away. And I think I'll join. You gently caress the sand away with, with the rounded end of your 12-incher. Yeah. Now and then I, I think about fish and Fleischmann and how much trouble they might be in and what they might be looking at as they approach, you know, whatever challenge the constable is throwing their way as he bends over. <laughs> And after a little bit more soil work. <laughs> What's it? It's a dirty business being a PI. Dirty. Someone's got to do it. You find a couple of things that can only confirm your worst thoughts. You find partially buried by the obelisk. One edge of it was poking up something gold and glittering, golden colored and glittering. A broken pocket watch with the initials DL carved into the back. Uh, and God damn it. also, and Gilbert, you were looking at the obelisk, yes? Yeah, I, I'd like to be looking at the obelisk if that's all right. I'm not digging around. Jesse, were you? I think I'll be standing guard. If I can see Harlan going through that and the obelisk being thick, I, I want to keep an eye on us, you know, with the rifle in hand. And then the final thing or objects that you find, Harlan, as you pull them up, a lurch of recognition in the pit of your stomach. It's three of those small pagan statuettes, identical to those from the tomb bookshop. Oh dear. I better, do you want me to roll? Oh. No. Is that the kind of thing I can cope with? I think you can cope with this. I think you can cope with this. And Gilbert, you've spent a little bit of time examining the obelisk, and the carvings in it don't seem to really be particularly descriptive of anything that they're not they're not words or languages they they seem to be just 
very crude representations of people of some kind, just done very simply. They're ugly and unappealing, really, to your eye, but there's nothing nothing really you can deduce from it beyond the fact that this has clearly been worked on and seems to be the site of, of some fairly unpleasant activities. Is there anything I can tell about whether the obelisk has been... whether it's, you know... An a-, a bit of ancient architecture that's been brought here or something a bit more recent that's been put up here and, and carved here more recently? I think you'd need to make an archaeology roll, really. Uh, well, I mean, I've got one point in archaeology, but, you know, never, you never know. I might as well give it a go. <laughs> of course, your chance of fumbling are infinitely higher. Wow, you're almost... Education? Well, you know, I'm only 15 points off. I'm tempted to spend the luck because I've only got one in archaeology and I'll never get that close again. It's up to you. Yeah, why not? I'm going to spend 15 points of luck to find out what this obelisk is. Okay, well, given that you succeeded on, on a one... This is the Dominic Allen effect. Given that you succeeded on a one, it doesn't look ancient. It's not what you would expect to see in, a, in something of this nature. You know, th- this kind of ritualistic or tribal artefact, you would expect it to be thousands of years old. This is more recent, maybe only a few hundred years old. Certainly not something that would be appropriate. It, it seems very anachronistic if it's only a couple of hundred years old. Not the sort of thing you'd expect to have been created in the 1700s, but, well, that's your best guess. Mm. And Jesse, as you're standing guard, you realise that the track continues beyond the back of the clearing to the east, deeper into the woods. And you're pretty sure that from what Whitlock told you, that that track east probably will bring you all the way around the hills towards where Shepherd's Barn is. Yeah. And we will leave you there. We will leave you there and return... (laughs) return to our well our investigator i i really do struggle to call you investigators but i guess we have to for for, for the sake of variety hey we just did a bit of investigation we're investigating the fuck out of this Andy. it was a bit harsh i mean fair but also when we investigate uh, someone they stay investigated yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> investigate our own or we accidentally investigate ourselves so terminal investigation I think where we left you is that Dr. Fleischman is slumped in a chair, his head kind of lolling on, on the shoulder. Perhaps he's starting to... Whistling like a teapot. <laughs> Whistling like a teapot. Lionel, you seem to have somewhat got an angle that, that's worked on the policeman, but you're, you're in a bit of a tight spot nevertheless. I'm going to run with it. Yes. I'm, I'm going to look at the deputy with as much earnestness as I can manage and just say... We need medical help here. We need someone who can say whether you know, the Archduke is going to be all right here or what, what treatment he needs. you got to have a doctor in this town, right? Well, yeah, we've got a doctor, but... Well, well don't, don't just stand there, then. Go get him. Go get him before it's too late. I mean, time is the essence when in situations like this. Look, I'm sure he'll be all right. He took a blow to the face and... Uh... Are you willing to gamble your career and the welfare of, of Castro Negro on your hunch? Because you're a braver man than I am, then. Well, I suppose so. I, look, I, I don't know what it is about you, Mr. Fish, but you got a mighty persuasive uh, way about you. Uh, uh, you sure your tongue ain't forked, mister? <sighs> look, it's, it's a family affliction. Yeah, d- d- <laughs> no, this isn't Two-Headed Serpent. He's a close relative... <laughs> 
I'll keep an eye on on the Archduke here while you get the doctor, all right? Oh, I suppose so, but don't you go leaving. I, I got my eye on you, mister. Uh, there's some, still something fishy about you, if you don't mind me saying so. A little bit on the nose there. But anyway. And he, uh, he holsters his gun, and he walks out the room slowly and looks over his shoulder a couple of times at you and does the fingers in the eyes and points at you, does the I'm keeping my eye on you gesture. I'll nod and look as innocent as I can. Oh, now, that, that is a, that's a thought experiment. How innocent can Scott look? So, yeah. And you hear him descending the stairs and going out into the street and he... Oh, as, as soon as I hear him on the stairs, I'm diving into the doctor's medical bag and looking for either smelling salts or cocaine, whatever comes to hand first. It'll be cocaine. Oh, yeah. I figure that might be the case. I don't have any smelling salts. Okay. Are you a medical man, Mr. Fish? Oh, God, no. But I think given my background, though, I know what cocaine looks like. Well, I tell you what, let's make a luck roll. Let's have you make a luck roll to see see what you manage to lay your hands on. Oh, oh just. Hey. Oh, that is as close as it gets. 64 out of 65. Yeah, so uh, there is some cocaine powder, which... Perhaps you're hoping for liquid, might be easy to administer, but yeah, there's a small vial of powdered cocaine. Okay, well, not being a medical man, what I'm going to do is uh, get some of it, I assume there's a scoop with it, if it's in powder form, and scoop it up one nostril on uh, not on the dock, not on me. Right, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, maybe, you, maybe you want to have a little livener first. Actually, I was about to say, yeah, I'd better set myself up first, so I'll have a snort, then I'll move on to the doctor. Good choice. Good choice. Fantastic. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what, you, whilst you're rummaging around, you, you do find a small metal tube in the bag. A small metal tube? Yes. Well, no, in case you want to blow it up his nose. I, I just oh, think... right. Yeah. You don't see the very finely engraved words for rectal use only on, on the side. No, I'll stick with my original plan, which is basically to put a plug of cocaine up his nose, up at one nostril, block the other nostril and block his mouth. And so he just breathes in. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so you, you ram a good, well, a good wedge of cocaine up, up his nostril. Yeah. And then I'll start slapping his cheeks. Uh, Doc, you've got to wake up. Doc. I'm wondering if we're getting into overdose territory. But no, no, we, we, will, we will assume you, you, you know what a decent... Artistically or artistic <laughs> in drug terms. <sighs> Sorry. Well, I assume the bromide would even things out, you know, level everything out nicely. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. So I actually am not indefinitely insane anymore. And after a few moments of, of him sort of trying to breathe through your through his mouth... Convulsing. And, 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 you're, and you jam your hand tighter and tighter over his lips, he suddenly takes a gigantic breath through his nostril. You see the plug of cocaine disappear straight up, and bang, he's up. <laughs> The eyes open. <gasps> it's the car ready yet? Good to have you back, Doc. Boop, boop. Ah, <laughs> uh, did the plan... It depends which plan you mean. Did we... To, to completely bamboozle the... Uh, the constable. The constable. Yeah, he's, he's out looking for a doctor for you at the moment, Doc. Superb. You do notice at this point, Fleischman, that you are, of course, missing your two front teeth. And there's there's just blood running down your, your chin. You have taken a point of damage as well. Oh, my God. My teeth. Uh, well, it's, o- it, 
It's it's okay. We'll just have to wait a few hours for them to pass. Don't let me forget to check. I'll make a note. They can be reinserted. Thank you. They can be reinserted. Quick spit and polish, and we'll be fine. So, Doc, what do you want to do here? You want to hang around, wait to see what the deputy comes back with? Uh, I mean, between you and me, I, I think you might actually need a doctor at the moment, but... Uh, I am a doctor, goddammit! <laughs> Give me my doctor's bag! You're an Archduke, Doc, remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a lawyer. But I'm also a qualified doctor. I don't understand how I managed not to get the vein. Go back for another go. Now, this time, I hand him the hypodermic syringe. This time, when he comes back, you've got to get him. <laughs> My hands are shaking too much, but you have to try. Yeah, Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you give me the syringe, and yeah. But, I mean, let's just say, for argument's sake, that, I don't know, we don't knock the deputy out. What, what would plan B be? Do we know where he's gone? To get a doctor. Ah, good. Good. Another doctor. A real doctor. Another doctor. One of these Wild West quacks, no doubt. Well, we could keep the circus going for a little while uh, until our colleagues are returned. I have every faith in you, Doc. I have every faith. Or should we skip out on him and try and find the others? And if we do that... We're going to end up with an armed deputy hunting us. I don't know. I, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time for me, but are you up for that? I mean, you have been through a lot today, Doc. I feel like I could do anything right now. I tell you, I feel indomitable. But perhaps I should continue to play the lame duck, make a show for this doctor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the more time we buy for the others, the better. I mean, if we go out the window now and we run away... They're going to start some kind of manhunt, and they may find the others before the others find what they need to. The longer we keep the law busy, the better. Well, I have to say I have very little skill as an actor, so perhaps if I pop a few barbiturates, it'll be convincing. He's just got constantly going from uppers to downers for the rest of the scenario. God forbid I have a, like, a hallucination or something. I'm so insane. God... I've just realised we're basically reenacting Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas at this stage, aren't we? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm even your fucking attorney now. The lawyer of the dust? Yes, that's what this episode is called. Fear and Loathing in Castanegro. I'm making a note of that right now. Fear and Loathing is very appropriate. Fear, Loathing and Indefinite Insanity in, in Las Vegas. So are you going to wait then for the Doctor to return? I think so, yeah, because, yeah, we, we've got a job to do. I think so. Yeah, you're, you're trying to keep them occupied for as long as possible. Yeah, and I'll play unconscious, yeah. And so maybe 30, 40 minutes later, you hear footsteps coming back up the creaking staircase and there's a knock on, on the door. No, I'll just say yeah when I hear the knock. And Garcia says... I got the doc here to look at your count or whatever he is. Come in. <laughs> yeah, he's he's conscious now, but he's still real weak. I don't know what you did to him. And Garcia comes in and he sort of op he opens the door and he walks in and he he stands to one side. And into the room comes a very tall man with pitch black hair and piercing green eyes. And he says, I see that this is the patient. I think it's best we take him 
to the house. As he points up towards the Casa del Diaz. Well, you're the doctor. (laughs) And I think that is where we will have to end it for the week. Nice. Lovely, lovely. Oh, God. Thank you time again. And as usual, I wanted to thank all of our backers at all levels. We can't do the show without you. Well, we could, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as good because with your support and help, we can do all of the extra things that we want to do. I also want to thank all the players who I realised I haven't really been thanking in our thanks section. So thank you to all the players. I love you all dearly and... I hope that we can continue doing Grizzly Peaks far, far into the future until we're old and grey and can't remember what happened in the last session. Actually, I think that kind of applies to me already. But for the rest of you, you'll get there soon. Don't worry. And if you do like our show, which I assume you are if you've listened all the way to the end, then do come and join the fun at patreon.com forward slash Grizzly Peaks. Look forward to seeing you there.